Into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. John Muir The rejuvenation quality of the great outdoors is unparalleled. Better even than a free upgrade to a suite on the Jordanian side of the Red Sea including an added 20% discount on all food and beverages for being a Marriott member. Muir's preferred forest would not be my first choice nor my second, possibly a third. I have nothing against forests, per se. I love trees. The ancient beings exude an intelligence man has barely scratched. The more ancient the more I gravitate to the wisdom of the stately beings. When I happen upon one emitting special energy, I sit, my back resting on the girthy trunk, chilling in the shade of a thousand, thousand oxygen emitting leaves and breath deeply, rhythmically. The sunshine, absorbed by the green sun catchers flows through the trunk into me gifting a peaceful easy feeling quickly burning away stress-induced angst. I can sit for hours against a marvelous tree while chewing on a sprig of grass overlooking an open meadow watching hawk and harrier crisscross the skies searching for hidden prey foraging in long, tall grasses cowering from the passing death shadows. Or on a cliff overlooking a body of rustling waters. The key to my forest loves in the openness of adjacent meadows and waters. As soon as I leave the penumbra and wander into the dense packed forest, I start feeling claustrophobic, boxed in. The noise of the trees all talking to me at the same time overwhelms. All I can focus on is escape, escape to the ecotone where trust transition to meadowlands and serenity returns settling my soul. I have a similar experience in mountains but exacerbated by the thin air altitude stealing oxygen from my hungry lungs. Wild places are food to my soul weary from cities and traffic and the general hubbub of rats racing to claim a nibble of moldy cheese. As much as I enjoy the ecotone, it is also the haunt for many bipeds, and that makes it an increasingly unsuitable morse to placate my hunger. What then? I have a strong preference for majestic vistas, unobscured sightlines allowing me to see into distant futures. Tundras fit the bill but the cold and the summer swarms of mosquitoes are off-putting. Coral reefs, also, are too cold and wet. I want to be able to breathe in the ambience and swim in the aromatics. Savannas come closer but tend to be too barren with little shelter to stave off the prickly sun needles tattooing my skin a flaming pink. So, I turn to the desert with its ample space to lose oneself in silence so enveloping I forget my name. Giant cacti. Rock outcroppings. Cannons. Gnarled junipers. All provide shelter from the scorchiest sun. Not all deserts will do, though. Sand dunes are aesthetic but very difficult to hike and lack the requisite shadows. I could bury myself in the sand but then must painstakingly pick the grains out of body crevices. Antarctica is massively open but too dang cold. The Mojave is mostly too barren but still preferable to forests and jungles as it boasts grand vistas. No claustrophobia in the Mojave. Thankfully, I don't have the kenophobe's irrational fear of empty spaces. Those massive open vistas fill me with joy and an overpowering wanderlust. Holding tightly to the misguided notion I can find my way back because I can see so far in all directions, I tend to amble wherever my feet or bicycle or a combination of both carry me. I navigate by the pull of the land, a magnetic overcropping here, at outstanding cactus with arms raised in sun prayer there, along the faint depression of animal trails visible only in sharply angled light casting the skimpiest shadows by which to navigate, skirting gaps between choya and their bestial, barbed spines that eat chunks of flesh and drops of blood when yanked out of the body. And yanking it must be because the barbed tooth hates letting go. And if there be a slot canyon, I drop to my knees and pray in the holy cathedral of smooth walls, muted light, a ribbon of turquoise sky far overhead, and, 
for a few moments each day, shafts of light beams streaming directly from sun to soul. And the silence, the glorious silence, deep immersive silence, a silence so enveloping the palpations of my heart echo as if they are the only reverberations in the entire pluriverse. I live in a bustling city where silence is a foreign concept untranslatable in the raucous cacophony. I can manufacture solitude in the city in a crowded coffee shop with a set of noise-canceling headphones streaming meditative music but silence, that I cannot manufacture. It is the two, solitude and silence, dancing cheek to cheek where I find creativity buried in my being enabling me to discover myself and my place in the universal consciousness. It is in that intimacy fully myself, fully interconnected with all beings, fully God. It is in those brief interludes the creativity lavas to the surface flowing unhindered changing the very landscape it touches scouring it clean leaving it purified. And when I emerge, as I always have, so far, my name forgotten to myself, my mind cleansed of preconceptions, find in my mind pockets treasures, shiny nuggets of creativity to fuel musings and paintings glowing with my being's essence, the Atman, my soul has crawled from beneath dark rocks emerging as glorious revelation and the fragmented me that entered is whole again. March 20, 2021